Check, check, one, two. This is uh, Igor Slave University. I'm just finishing up my night by, uh, by uh, throwing out my apparel. I got a bunch of new ideas that uh, I, I'm playing Fallout 3. Um, okay, so what I'm going to do here is uh, I'm going to talk to uh, some people, maybe get B to help me uh, get some grant funding. Uh, maybe me and Jamie, because we're uh, filming this short doc uh, about homelessness. Uh, that's one idea that I have. Uh, what's another idea that I have? Tomorrow is just a regular day. It's Boxing Day, so uh, the grant money is the big is the big thing on this segment here. Uh, if I can get grant money for doing this kind of thing, it's going to help me out. It's going to help uh, my friend out here, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, Danny, shout out. I'll send you the, the material that I got. You can find me on YouTube. Just Google uh, Run City Run. You can find me on Instagram, Igor K at Home. I'll have a bunch of stuff up there. And you can find me at Facebook, uh, Igor's, Igor Kowalski. Uh, just K-O-W-A-L-S-K-I, uh, Igor Kowalski. And uh, just search for me. You'll find my, my face probably superimposed with a bunch of bullshit. Uh, so that's everything uh, for Yugoslavia University right now. Uh, we're going to have some interviews coming up. We're gonna, I'm going to be writing an album with a sound guy from Australia. Uh, a lot of good stuff in the works. We're going to be writing the uh, ABD Lullaby video and the... Uh, the album that I'm doing with a friend of mine from Calgary about the Uniontown thing. So it's, it's not like, it's not like, I hope I can get grant money. Uh, B, if you're listening to me, please, please help me. <laughs> I just, I need money. My friends need money. Uh, we all need money in this world. Uh, we live in a capitalist machine and I am playing Fallout 3, an apocalyptic war game to relax so uh, this is my plea for for uh, any government help that I can get. I guess I'm putting that out there at, at uh, 2 a.m. That's good. That means I'm an artist, right? Please somebody validate me. Uh, I'll get you a contact email and you can either validate me or flame me on the internet as is the custom these days. So uh, that's my COVID news, COVID-19 update. COVID sucks. Fuck COVID. I'm going to get vaccinated in the spring and we should have some shows coming up for my band who we're also working on an album. Shout out to Jesse. Shout out to uh, Randall and shout out to Dan, my bandmates. And uh, that brings us to a three minute segment. So I'm going to cut it. Uh, happy, box happy Boxing Day. Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe, stay warm, drink a tea latte that I just made. Just drink, drink tea or drink, drink whatever's your choice, man. Get smashed. I don't know. Whatever you do. Uh, love you all and uh, see you on, see you tomorrow. Okay, peace. Check, check, one, two. Live from Yugoslavia University. This is a special Christmas edition of Yugoslavia University. Uh, I'm in the Blends parking lot. We just came back from Tim Hortons, where a magical event has occurred. Uh, this song is called... I couldn't find the... Uh... While I'm in my truck right now, I should probably fucking know the cops are going to... Look, uh, this is Brohim by Pennywise. Here we go. 
enjoy. Merry Christmas, y'all. Here we go. Friends in past and beyond, especially those who weren't with us too long. Life is the most precious thing you can lose. While you were here, the fun was never ending. Life a minute was only beginning.
Slavia University. Cheers, yo. Merry This is uh, Igor Slavia University's podcast broadcast on uh, on uh, making a short doc and making APD lullaby. Uh, I'm just about to cut up the footage for Power Director. Uh, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Uh, this is all continuing media studies for me. Uh, we're going to get the family involved tomorrow, and uh, we're going to go from there. i got to set up some interviews. i got to set up some interview questions. My niece is going to be helping on this. My girlfriend's going to be helping on this. i got a dear friend of mine that's going to be helping on this, and uh, hopefully we can get some grant money. It is 2.37 a.m., uh, pretty straightforward. And uh, I'll play you some songs, and I'll play you some music coming up here to round out the episode. We're going to have clips from uh, the faithful uh, BBC, CBC Radio Overnight, probably. Uh, and that brings us to... Uh, that brings us to the top of the hour, just about, give or take 15 minutes. And uh, this is Igor Slavy University, wishing you a happy Boxing Day, wherever you might be. Hopefully... Hopefully you sleep tight right now. No human should be up at 2.38 a.m. splicing footage. So, uh, or maybe every human being should, actually. I, I uh, renege on that. I think every human being is fully capable of, of making art, and I fully stand by that statement. So whatever you choose to be doing right now, maybe you're making a tea latte and laying in bed thinking about your next big project. So if you do, kudos and if you're not, consider picking up an instrument or consider making a note to uh, grab your grab your camera, grab your phone, dust it off, and uh, make some fucking art, people. Life is short. Uh, that's all I got to say. 
good night. Sleep tight. This is the story of the NBN, never more significant than now, as we all check, attempt check. to work and this, entertain ourselves within Australian the confines of our homes. Australia when the idea of a broadband network was broadband, flooded, Australia, many of us were broadband, Australia. a system that effectively split our phone line in two, allowing internet and phone calls on the same line. Peter Marks is the former technology commentator on RN Breakfast. There was an early high-speed network rollout in the 1990s. Optus and Telstra rolled out cable networks, and it was primarily for TV, but it was also capable of high-speed internet. These two competing commercial networks strung cables below power lines pretty much in the same streets in well-off suburbs in Sydney and Melbourne. But when the most lucrative areas were done, they both stopped. So the commercial approach had kind of failed at that point. The first government proposal for an NBN came in 2006 when then opposition leader Kim Beasley said that if elected, a Labor government would work with business to create a, quote, super-fast national broadband network. Now, at the time, Internet was mostly provided by Telstra Copper, by Telstra and other ISPs, who had to deal with Telstra to get access. Putting aside those of us who were lucky enough to have the cable, the most common technology was ADSL over copper. It went up to about 24 kilobits per second. At the time, most of the people on the internet had ADSL. Still, Garyan is a journalist who covers technology. In its very first version, which was still over normal phone lines, many people were still on dial-up. It's worth remembering that uh, the commercial internet only came into existence in Australia and in fact most countries in the mid-1990s and dial-up only started to reach its maximum speeds in the few years following that. Communications ministers had been pushing the idea of improving the infrastructure for years. Successive ministers on both sides of politics had been in discussions with the telecommunications providers but nothing ever really seemed to come together. Indeed, there's many people who would say that Australia has mismanaged its telecommunications policy since the 80s, when the internet first started coming through. Australia actually had the third fastest internet in the world after the United States and Finland. And through the 80s and 90s, as everyone else moved ahead, we dropped first out of the top 10, then out of the top 20, now out of the top 50. And as those discussions continued, the telcos themselves, and Telstra in particular, because they owned the copper network, well, they thought, well, if, if all this is going to be replaced or upgraded or something done with it, we won't bother doing major repairs because, you know, it, it's not going to last that long. So over the years, the copper network just slowly fell apart a lot of the copper network was ancient anyway. We've got to remember that the copper network was built over the course of a century or more. And even to this day, in many places, uh, places such as the inner west of Sydney, only a few kilometres from the CBD, some of that copper in the ground dates back to the 1920s. Its insulation has either fallen apart or been eaten through by rats. And if the governments had asked technicians what condition it was in, they would have said, look, it's, it's falling apart. 
Nonetheless, Labor's initial idea for the broadband network involved using Telstra's copper wire. They were planning to spend originally $4.7 billion, which seems an incredibly small amount of money now, on a network that would deliver a minimum of 12 megabits per second to 98% of Australians. Now, that was going to be a fibre to the node network and oddly enough that's pretty much what much of the NBN is made of now. Although it's impossible to overlook the importance of speed, the main purpose of the Rudd government's proposed broadband network was something else. Seamus Byrne is a tech journalist and broadcaster. I think the biggest part of that original concept for the NBN was to try to equalise the playing field for Australians all around the country to be able to get a good internet experience. Because certainly at that time, there was a big difference between the cities and the country being able to get any kind of broadband connection. We definitely saw sort of in regional areas that that sort of older technology just couldn't do the job of reaching out past anything that was very, very close to your local exchange. So that was the key ambition, was to equalise the playing field between the country and the city and give everybody a better internet experience. Once in office, the Rudd government set about inviting tenders. At that point, internet service providers other than Telstra were both competing with Telstra and paying Telstra to use its infrastructure. In addition... Telstra, which had been a public utility, was now Australia's biggest telecommunications company, having been largely sold off during the Howard years. It was a commercial business with obligations to shareholders. Probably the first really big milestone was when they put out the request for proposals to build the MBN. They were offering Telstra and other companies the chance to sort of step in and be given the contract to build out that network. But over the course of that first year, they actually didn't get any what they called compliant proposals. They really didn't see any company stepping forward to say that they could do it. And there was a big clash with the leadership of Telstra at that time. Sol Trujillo was the executive at the time and a very big clash there with Telstra essentially refusing to put in a compliant proposal. I think there was a lot of that sense from the Telstra side of the equation that they were the incumbent company, why should they have to then participate in this idea of being forced to build a new network? Because that first idea was based on copper technology, I think Telstra sort of really had a position that, well, they own the copper. And so that was that conflict of who really owns that national network. And, you know, for the Telstra executives, they were like, well, it's ours because you've sold it and it belongs to us and the government's position being well this is still very much a national utility and needs to be upgraded in inappropriate ways for the future so there was a really big clash there as to who was going to take control and so when that announcement was made to say well we're going to build a whole optical network and completely sidestep what currently exists that was a really big gauntlet thrown to say well Telstra you might now be left in the dust if this is the path that we take if we had always owned Telstra as a nation all the way through then essentially Telstra would have become the MBN because it could have been mandated to to build out a more future-focused network Bigger than the Snowy Mountains scheme and faster than the proverbial speeding bullet, the National Broadband Project finally looks like coming online after the federal government announced plans to scrap tenders and do the job itself. I announced today the single largest infrastructure decision 
in Australia's history. The network will take eight years to build. The cost has leapt from $10 billion to $43 billion. Promised speeds from 12 to up to 100 megabits per second. In 2009, Kevin Rudd announced that the government would build a national broadband network without Telstra. Gone was the idea of fibre to the node, using Telstra's copper to get into our homes. It would be fibre to the premises. A new government-owned corporation would design, build and operate the network as a monopoly wholesale broadband provider. Private retail companies, internet service providers, would sell the service on to customers. And that's where we went from the original labour proposals for around 4.7 billion and then 15 billion to the 50 billion range of figures, which of course meant that the coalition side ridiculed that amount of money. But Labor tried to sell that on the basis of it being a massive nation-building thing, that we built the railways they talked about as a huge investment which then lasted forever and could be upgraded for decades. They pointed to the original copper telephone system, which, which again grew in capacity and capability over the course of a century or even more. And this was going to be the big build for the future. If you build fibre optics and they have a certain speed at this stage, you can upgrade the speed continuously without replacing that optical fibre that's that's in the ground. The optical fibre is, is really just a thin strand of glass and you communicate by putting a laser at each end and shining it down and making it pulse. You can literally just put more lasers at different frequencies and, and pulse them faster to upgrade the network speed. With that decision to go to a full optical fibre network and the decision to create an entirely new company that the government was going to form itself, that's when the yeah the estimate jumped to $43 billion. And the idea at the time was you know, that the government was going to fund around $30 billion and then find private investors to participate in the rest. And even the idea that further on that timeline that there would be an end date where the network would be sold. And that was certainly a big point of tension in that era as well where they decided that they were going to put the whole development project off the books in a sense, not in the core of the budget. This was considered to be a different kind of investment and so it was able to be pushed off to the side. But then of course, those costs became such a key issue for the opposition as well in terms of what it was going to end up costing that that bit of, I guess, political gymnastics didn't really work out in the end when it came to trying to say that, that these costs weren't real costs to the government. And by building out this company in a particular way, they really sort of were positioning it to be something that was a lot more political than just a utility offering. So a very ambitious project, but it was always interesting that when MBN Co was formed, that it was actually built very much like a public-facing company. You know, it had very large marketing teams, very large administration teams, all of these features that you would expect, much like in Telstra, 
but this was a company that was only ever meant to serve other businesses to be the backbone of Australia's internet. And so through that process, it was also always trying to work out how it would be profitable in the end to help keep that focus on making sure that it wasn't going to be a cost, that it was going to be something that would be profitable in the long run. That was Australian Rear Vision, Carry Vision, Rear Vision, Rear Vision, Yugoslavia University out. Okay, folks, this is a worker song by Dropkick Murphys. Enjoy. goes out to Sandor. family, fuck it. 
one goes out to everyone. And that was, and taking us to the, uh, the top of the hour, bottom of the hour. I gotta clarify that. Uh, this is Bob by No Effects. Here we go. Fifteen years getting loaded. Fifteen this is years. A song about drinking. Why it's a bad idea? Good job, said. to the end of the special bonus Christmas Boxing Day episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you're listening, if you're not, well, then you didn't enjoy it, did you? So, uh, find me on uh, Facebook, Igor Kowalski. Find me on Instagram, uh, Igor K at home. Uh, find me on YouTube. Just search Run City Run. I got a bunch of new clips up. A uh, short documentary clip coming up shortly. Uh, still on the hunt for some government grant money. My girlfriend's coming over, so we're gonna have a we're gonna have to talk about that. Called my friend at the shelter, and he is well. I mean, he's not at the shelter, but I left a message. So uh, this goes out to you, Jamie. Uh, this is kind of our episode, so I hope you can listen to this at some point, and uh, we'll get our shit together. Maybe get some spare change. Oh. And, uh, uh, Owen, if you're listening, uh, we gotta record that album soon. Uh, the girlfriend's just coming with sugar and birdseed. Oh, it's, it's still Boxing Day. It's still Christmas. So, 
I'm going to let you guys go and uh, publish this episode and we'll call it, uh, what do we call it? We'll call it a day. Yeah, we'll call it a day. I just got the nod from my editor. So uh, I got to go. Peace, love, happiness, all the good. Merry Christmas is what they say in Britain. That's what I heard from a friend. So uh, peace out, y'all. Have a good one. And uh, the segment's already too long. Bye.